Welcome to Terra Talks, where we talk about all things real estate. In each episode, we'll tackle current trends and topics of interest, both locally and regionally. However, or wherever you decide to tune in, you're not going to want to miss this. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Terra Talks. My name is Laura Rochelle, and I'm from Terra Luxury here in Barbados. And I'm joined today by our senior negotiator, Andrew Blanford Newsom from Knight Frank International. Good to be here. Thank you very much for having me today. Thanks, Andy. I'm so excited to have you as we discuss trends in luxury real estate, uh, both in Barbados and globally. Having an international real estate partner means that we benefit from a global reach with a significant and extremely well-known brand that is Knight Frank. This is a partnership that has been going strong for nearly 20 years. I believe that what makes this union so special is that Knight Frank and Terra Luxury share a very similar ethos of business with a focus on providing clients with the tools and knowledge to make informed decisions, whether that would be selling or purchasing real estate in Barbados. But before we get started, Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Knight Frank? Yes, of course. Um, so we are the world's uh, largest privately owned property consultancy. Um, we have over 18,000 people who work across uh, the 600 offices we have in over 50 territories. So we have quite a global presence. But as you touched on earlier, Laura, you know, it's it's more about who we align ourselves with locally. So we obviously align ourselves with uh, like-minded people and, and Terra Luxury have got a very similar ethos to, to what we have at Knight Frank and that relationship has blossomed um, over the years and it's one which we, which we greatly cherish. We have a global reach which allows us to be globally connected as well as uh, locally expert um, through through agents with great reputations such as yourself. Yes, Andy, I completely agree. I feel that we are completely in sync with each other. Uh, it makes it much easier when you're able to visit the island and see the various properties and then go back home and discuss with various clientele who you think might be suitable. It seems that... Uh, it's worthwhile you making that extra trip every year yeah, and meeting precisely. with our vendors and buyers alike. Exactly. It's very valuable for us to actually be here on ground zero, um, you know, to, to hear what's going on in the market from, from you guys directly, um, experiencing, you know, the new places um, and especially being able to see things in person and actually meet clients face to face at the properties, builds rapport. Um, and it helps us massively uh, going forward. So it's it's definitely something that we, and I obviously love coming back to this beautiful place um, once a year, maybe not enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely a place that I hold uh, close to my heart and, and it's, um, it's always good to see you. In and fact, one vendor yesterday took a particular shining to you and, and said that she felt that it's really important uh, for them to be able to meet with you on island as nobody else in Barbados that she had the property listed with had done anything like it and she felt it added significant exactly. value. And it's how we differentiate ourselves from the competition. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to discuss really a, a brief overview of what we're seeing in the, the luxury market in Barbados. Uh, so firstly, what we sort of define as luxury market 
typically it's a property that's listed for over US $500,000, right up to 30, 40, 50 million even. Um, And usually these properties are located on the West Coast where most of the high net worth individuals and ultra high net worth individuals like to be based. Um, We're seeing obviously a trend in the last three years, which is really impressive for the island. Uh, We've had four significant uh, trophy properties, we'd like to call them, uh, close. And that would be a listing that is listed for over uh, 30 million US. So to have four in the last three years where we hadn't seen even one for a good few years prior to that is pretty impressive. So obviously having that confidence from these basically billionaires uh, is is really driving uh, the market up, which is fantastic. Definitely. I mean, the um, the super prime sector, not only on the island, but across um, all the markets that we cover internationally, has definitely started to detach itself um, from the rest of the market, from the prime market itself. We've really seen a confidence um, at this level. You know, we, we've, we're working on quite a few uh, discrete listings at, at the top end of the market. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of confidence in sellers uh, in this bracket at the moment, um, not only on the island again, across the board. Um, you know, we've arguably reached the peak of rate rises. So hopefully we do start to see uh, activities start to trickle back into the prime markets now that rates have arguably reached their their peak, um, most certainly in the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, as a result of that, um, sales volumes specifically within the prime market have um, taken a bigger hit uh, than prices. Mm -hmm. And that lack of inventory has persisted, um, you know, right across um, main European markets that we cover, the cities and both the, the countryside markets as well. So um, it'll be a really interesting time to see um, what happens over the season on the island, to see if cash is still king. Yeah. It's very much what we're seeing across the board at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, going back to that confidence in, in the super prime sector, I'm sure that we will see um, fingers crossed, uh, you know that that sort of that end that, that sort of end of the market performing well over the coming months. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, and whilst there, it, it, according to our Terra Red data that we um, provide for our clients, both buyers and sellers, uh, for the first half of this year, we did actually see a 14% decline in real real estate transactions, which we know has been impacted partly by land tax bills that were delayed and sales that should have closed in May or June, um, having to close in July instead. So we're not too worried about that figure um, because despite this the average sale price is actually up by three percent it's also noteworthy that the average sale price in the parish of St. James has more than doubled in the first half of 2023 compared to the first half of 2022. Uh, so, so yeah, we're not concerned tremendously because obviously what we're seeing is that the pricing is holding and if anything, maybe even increasing slightly in, in some areas. Uh, and as we've pointed out, the ultra sort of high net worth bracket, uh, that flagship property is increasing, which is incredibly um, important for our market.
Yeah, and I mean, I mean, of course, there's there's risks which we probably should, you know, speak about. You know, the the geopolitical environment at the moment is it's very tense, and um, a lot of buyers and and sellers might be a little bit stagnant as a result of that. Yeah. Again, the cost of debt coming back into that that's that's going to play a big part in buyer sentiment, I think, over the season. Um, UK, we we've got elections next year as well. You know, you mentioned earlier, a big portion of of the market here is is driven by UK demand and and US demand and Canadian demand as well from yeah. our side. You know, we deal. We're a British-based company. Of course, we um, operate internationally, but a lot of the clients that I deal with day to day are based back home in the UK. So um, that is on people's minds um, as well coming yeah. into the season. So there are a few things that we have to have to navigate. Um, but as we've just discussed, you know, the signs are there for for a for a, for a good season. So um, we've just we've just got to make it happen, really. A hundred percent. And um, you know, one of the primary reasons why uh, people love Barbados is the fact that it's extremely family friendly um, island and we're very lucky where you know we we see historically very low crime rates uh, particularly in the tourist places so I know that for families and for you know traveling husbands they feel safe they feel like they, they can leave their kids here with with mom with nanny and not have to worry when they're you know working elsewhere so we're we're very fortunate we also have fantastic infrastructure arguably the best in the Caribbean so that obviously drives more people um, to the island because it's better for longer stays uh, like our winter birds who historically come over this time of year November right through like to, myself. to April <laughs> <laughs> we just wish you could stay a bit longer. I, know, I, know. I wish I could sort of hibernate for the winter here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all of these factors definitely, uh, you know, help um, restore confidence in the market and also help our clients feel safe enough to invest in our market. Um, so yeah, uh, we also have some of the best fiber optic internet in uh, in the Caribbean, but also. Uh, in the UK, I know where my mum lives in Devon, her her internet's pretty awful uh, in comparison to ours in little old Barbados. So, yeah, we're very fortunate to have that. Uh, we saw a lot of uh, a sort of younger demograph coming over uh, to invest in the island. And I believe that this really started or we really noticed the impact um, during COVID when our digital nomad visa the welcome stamp was introduced and being the first out the gates with that we got a lot of great media coverage and a lot of techies um you know startup tech people that were able to just kind of pick up and and leave and and be able to work uh from here with their families we saw an increase in all of the um schools uh private schools on island uh from various welcome stampers so and then that in turn um after living here for a year or two developed into sales so you know we're very fortunate now to not just rely on those retirees we are seeing a shift in the market and we're seeing a lot uh, sort of fresher younger people uh, enjoying our home definitely yeah and that's actually translating into the you know into their preferences and into the properties that are being brought onto the market um you know it's more targeted towards turnkey modern homes um and that's not something that's just specific to the island it's something that we've seen off the back of covid um you know not not completely gone are the days but i think with with that younger demographic of buyers um gone are the days where people used to fall in love with the property um and you know pour their heart and soul into it uh spend two three years to to sort of you know reconfigure figure and, and redesign it there of course there are still um you know properties which allow you to do that but i think you know 
from from my experience a lot of our buyers these days um are younger are less patient to be honest with you um and you know since since the wait and and i think covid has impacted this greatly i think as well um you know being locked up for for 18 months Mm. to two years um you know i think a lot of people's plans uh you know they've wanted to accelerate their plans and and not to sort of wait any longer to be able to enjoy uh, their properties that they have 100% um, as their second home yeah, no, I completely agree. And in fact, we had a buyer, um, I believe it was 18 months ago, who was not ready, uh, was not willing to wait for a property. He wanted something now because he'd been waiting 18 months. He retired at the start of January 2020, ready to travel the world. And then obviously COVID happened and he spent the first six months of COVID basically cancelling all of his travel plans. So he was ready and raring to go when he got to Barbados because he realised that they kept coming back to this beautiful island so why not invest mm-hmm. and um, they wanted something completely turnkey where they just brought their suitcases and were able to enjoy holidays with their families immediately so what we are seeing is that trend in turnkey ready to go homes selling quicker than some of the older more traditional homes because that's the way that um, our buyers are going so yeah. for sure I think it's also worth uh noting some of the luxury developments in Barbados because we are seeing obviously a a huge amount of investment particularly in Apes Hill at the moment uh, which has had uh, a huge amount of money spent in the amenities creating a second to none lifestyle for multi-generational families and uh, basically they are trying to uh, create a place where you know, the kids, grandkids, grandparents can all enjoy some form of activity, whether that's the newly uh, reconfigured golf course uh, or the fun par three course where you can turn up in baggies and flip flops and just have fun um, as well as the uh, golf simulator which is only one of five in the entire world so it's something pretty special and uh, down to the sort of hiking trails outdoor aesthetics gym there's just some as I say something for literally anybody um, and they've recently also um, inc- or will be including a beach club um, Um, So that will be interesting once they release a bit more information on that, because I think that will kind of just finish the product off entirely, really. Um, And we have seen a huge amount of interest in Apes Hill. Yeah. Definitely. Renewed renewed confidence for sure. 100%. The developer is extremely well known and trusted. He's had a a lot of um, people he knows, friends, family also invest. Um, So that's showing confidence in him as well. And yeah, we're seeing a lot of development. You go up there now, there's, there's construction everywhere, not just with the amenities, but with new homes, creating this eco sort of uh, philosophy throughout the uh, whole uh, estate. So, so that's been interesting. We've also seen um, some new amenities being added to Royal Westmoreland, like the paddle courts, and they've also included some hiking trails up there too. And as far as I know, they they are still continually selling. So they're still on the ground and running. And then we also have, of course, the renowned Sandy Lane Estate, which has always um, sold extremely well, particularly to people that want to own 
everything that's within their properties, as in they control all of the security, they control all of the um, sort of gardening, everything, um, so that it's not down to uh, sort of higher fees um, per se, but you are getting... um, you are getting complete control over your property. And uh, the other thing with Sandy Lane, which makes it a little bit different to Apes Hill and Royal Westmoreland, is typically the lots there are larger. So you are getting a little bit more privacy. Um, That being said, obviously, um, there are uh, lots there that um, don't necessarily get sea views like they would have done once upon a time because neighbors have grown their trees and whatnot. So that's something you may want to consider when you're when you're looking to invest in that particular estate. Um, then we also have the uh, new Allure development, which is located um, slightly south of the West Coast, um, but on a beautiful stretch of beach called Brighton. And we only have seven out of 24 yeah, it's been very units remaining. And that was launched in the summer, which isn't even our lucrative winter season. And we're already, you know, two thirds of way through um, selling them. So that's been fantastic. Uh, again, obviously a beachfront product. And for investors, if you're looking at rental income, uh, beachfront is always going to be king. You're, you just... When you think of Barbados, you think of the beach. So obviously that's what most people want when they're looking to holiday here. So um, yeah, if you're looking at that in particular as an investment, then obviously that would be a development I would be looking at right now. Um, So yeah, and then obviously the other great thing about Barbados are our golf courses. I touched on Apes Hill, which has recently um, been completely remodeled. Um, We also have Royal Westmoreland and uh, Sandy Lane and the extremely private uh, Green Monkey course, which uh, is is very expensive if you want to play, if you're not staying at the hotel or if you uh, don't know somebody that's already a member. So we have those four sort of high-end golf courses, as well as obviously the Barbados Golf Course, which is located on the southern end of the island. Um, and yeah, they all they all bring something to the table for sure. So we wanted to just delve into some of the global trends, which I know you've touched on, um, but uh, and particularly. It, the changes in the buyer demographics and preferences. Um, but have you seen any impact in particular um, in, in current or past global events that have affected the market at all? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> without going back sort of on myself and, and talking about COVID and, and talking about the sort of geopolitical issues that are currently facing the world with what's going on in Israel. Um, but, you know, when, when the war first broke out in Russia, um, with Russia and Ukraine, um, with them invading Ukraine, there were obviously were profound impacts um, on the global economy, but also on um, real estate markets across the world. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's we we did we did see a similar response um, to what's going on now um, in the more, in the more recent conflicts with Israel yeah. um, and Palestine. So we are seeing quite a similar response to what happened back um, in the invasion of Ukraine in terms of buyers being a little bit more stagnant sitting on the fence uh, same from a seller perspective I think clients um, especially at the top end of the market you know aren't quite comfortable with um, volatile markets yeah Um, and if there's a lot of volatility and uncertainty um, we do see uh, you know things start to 
to quieten down and and markets do soften as as a result of that so um that's what's happened recently again you know the the market here is quite seasonal yeah um and again it's you know from from our side you know we deal with a lot of um clients who are purchasing yes from an investment perspective it's, it's great to purchase on the island from an investment perspective with no capital gains tax for example um so you're not taxed on the uh, appreciation of the value of your property which is very attractive yeah but more so from a lifestyle perspective you know people come to the island they fall in love with the island um you know we saw a lot of sales uh, off the back of covid when people were taking advantage of the welcome stamp and spending a lot of time on the island and and falling in love with the properties here and the way of life here as well and the culture yeah um and the people as well you know so i think it's 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 very lifestyle driven so sometimes we do find yes markets are volatile and yes there's uncertainty going on but if if we have clients who have you know have fallen in love with the island and are more um the the purchase is more personal than it is financial um you know that's that's not going to stop anyone so so yeah again it's 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 seasonal it's that time of the year that people do find themselves coming back out so um yeah we'll have to see what happens yeah no and i was going to touch on and you you did slightly touch on it just now um is that you know barbados is an english-speaking country so obviously for brits um you know we're renowned for not being uh, very good with our languages so it's it's you know sort of a home from home but we also have a diverse range of restaurants and places to eat and drink i feel like every season there's always something new for people to try exactly yeah um, which is why i'm here <laughs> <laughs> and you know from the rum shops to the oysters fish fry to the tides restaurant and the cliff you know we have something for everybody and in fact we've just come off the back of um, the barbados food and wine festival which was a extremely um, successful festival um, and arguably the one of the best in the region uh you know it's we're we're becoming very well known as being the sort of culinary heart of the caribbean so i think that festival just grows every year there's something new every year as well for people to try and and get them to come back over again uh we're also seeing um you know a lot a lot more people interested in sort of our uh cultural side of what we do so the crop over festival as well um and the various events that are on during the winter season from the sandling gold cup to the polo to um the cricket you know there's always something something going on and and something that will pique your interest um exactly yeah, the, the social calendar here is you know is next to none and it's probably and arguably the, the best throughout the caribbean there's yep. so much on offer here um and that's why we find people you know clients of ours coming back um you know year after year for, yep. for that reason there's always something there's always something new going on um and yeah there's a lot there's, a, there's an array of activities to choose from we just so. want to entice everybody and get something for everybody so yeah i yeah, know for sure and um, we also you know also have in my opinion the best infrastructure in the caribbean um and the ease of access and airlift to the u.s canada and the uk as well as europe we even now have uh, a direct flight uh to some some parts of um sort of latin america so we're seeing more airlift from new york miami boston toronto and montreal um sometimes we have even two flights a day from various places like the uk um 
and that's been fantastic for the island particularly in the winter season where obviously most most people will come i think if we're looking at investment uh as well uh, what we're finding is that uh obviously the best as I mentioned before, uh, the best holiday rental income earners would be beachfront. But we also see a lot of families um, being driven to the various uh, developments like Apes Hill, Royal Westmoreland, Sugar Hill and Westland Heights, um, where we actually have quite a few new listings. Uh, so, yeah, so inventory for the season is looking strong. We have a good um, so we have good inventory across all sectors from condos to townhouses, to standalone homes uh, within these communities or on the water. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to hopefully a very uh, strong and successful season ahead. Yeah, so one other thing worth mentioning from our side is we are just about to publish our latest Caribbean research and that's going to come out at the end of the month. Um, it touches on trends that have taken place across you know, various markets that we cover within the Caribbean, including Barbados, um, but also upcoming and new places, um, you know, wor worth mentioning. We, we call them sort of next neighborhoods um, mm -hmm. is what we what we like to term them. So um, I know that, you know, the Barbados, there's, there's always, as we were talking about earlier in the podcast, there's always new places, up and coming areas yeah. um, that might be worth, you know, sort of mentioning from outside as well yeah no for sure um one area of um growth we're really seeing is is spitestown um that's seen a huge um uh, amount of regentrification and regeneration with which is encouraging as more businesses and op and, and opportunities are opening up in this area like the local um we've also just seen a significant commercial property um sell um this it was the norman center it's now going to be called the spitestown center uh which is kind of right in the middle of spitestown and it's uh, a younger buyer that is really keen um to drive more business to to the area and already since he closed last week we've seen um well i've rented one space within the building of over 3,000 square feet to a local businessman who is keen to also bring traffic um to Spitestown and that is one area that we have to watch and see um, because we're, I believe firmly that uh, it's one of the few places in Barbados that really still feels like it did a hundred years ago uh, so it does make it quite quaint and um, to me some of the nicest beaches are on that side of the island so it's really interesting um, to see what's going on there uh, we also have the um, the new buyer a restaurant just north of Spitestown and that has got to be one of my top new restaurants to try so if you're coming over this winter season I would definitely recommend booking in there as well as obviously the local which I just touched on which is a farm to table um, uh, a restaurant that is uh, run by a very well-known uh, London chef who I believe has just released an article in the Times herself about why she has uh, moved over to Barbados during COVID and started up this fantastic new venture in Spitestown. Just to summarize main, the main points that we discussed during this podcast, uh, what we have seen is that Barbados is seeing a resurgence of sale activity post-COVID with a younger buyer now investing on island. Uh, this has been due to the fact of many reasons, but particularly um, being a safe and friendly island uh, with some of the best infrastructure in the region, as well as good airlift, which, is, it, which encourages uh, visitors from the US, Canada and Europe. Europe. Uh, 
we would highly recommend that you, uh, our listeners, explore the Barbados high-end real estate market further by speaking with myself or anybody at our Terra Luxury team, as well as Andy and the rest of the Knight Frank team in London. Thank you, Andy, for your valuable insights. Uh, You can find Andy on the various socials on Instagram, Facebook, as well as Knight Frank in their London office and uh, me in our Terra Luxury office here in Barbados. And again, on the various social channels. We thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Terra Talks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast. Until next time.